We had a jobs report come out on Friday. It was not everything that we would want it to be. Uh, and on top of that, we have a problem moving goods, not only around this country, but around the world. Are the two attached to each other? Are they similar combined issues? Yeah, probably. So the good news, though, is that if you stick around for the third segment, we are going to explain to you how we believe that you can thrive and survive despite all of the dour and dreary news that is out there. So stick with us through the whole thing. We promise there's a payoff at the end. My name is Dan. This is the Soul of Wisdom. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. Buckle your seatbelts, because here we go. <laughs> greetings, greetings, welcome, welcome. This is the Soul of Wisdom. I am Dan, your host with the most. Also here, the gorgeous Gab gifted God voice. <laughs> <laughs> the producer wife, Beth, say hi to the lovely people. Hello, lovely people. There you go. So we were sitting here talking about what it is that we're going to talk about. And we came to the conclusion that we sat here talking about it for so long that our butts are now asleep in our chairs. Yeah. But we don't want to get up and uh stretch because then we might lose the momentum that we tried to establish as our butts were falling asleep in our chairs so we're going to do this with numb rear ends hopefully uh we can still pull this off yeah and we're not well we generally don't talk out of our butts so that's true so we should be okay here theoretically all right so we should probably get on to the real stuff and not bore people with butt talk yeah okay i don't think that's why they're here <sighs> You sure? Well, oh, that's I'm that's our sure. that's our after hours podcast, yeah. isn't it? Yes, yes. Soul of Wisdom after hours. Check that out. I'm sure you'll be able to find it real easy. Doesn't really exist. Okay, <clears throat> so let's get right into this. In case you haven't noticed, the uh, jobs report came out on Friday. Uh, it did not paint what I would call a glorious, happy picture. No. No. I predicted not. that one. You did predict that one. We the were talking about it on Thursday. Yep. The producer wife said on Thursday, that jobs report's going to come out and it's going to be bad. And me being the eternal optimist, I said, well, yeah, probably. But, you know, it is going into Christmas. All the unemployment stuff's finally gone for the extended benefits. Maybe there'll be something. It might be okay. No, it wasn't. So we're on the left coast, so when these reports come out on Fridays, they come out before the sun comes out here. So you got to get up early. And I was listening to the one of the, I believe it was CNBC I had on at the time, and the report came out, and the analysts that they had on as they were reading it made this audible gasp. He's like, <laughs> oh, no. So that just kind of told the tale That's right there. That's the tone. Yeah, that totally set the tone. So if you are watching on the video side and you are not one of our visually challenged podcast listeners, you can see that I've got this article pulled up from MSNBC. And specifically, they were expecting a job increase of 500,000. Uh, they only got 194,000. <clears> Unemployment rate did fall from 5.1 to 4.8. In theory, <clears throat> excuse me, folks, I'm a little hoarse today. I'd rather be a human than a horse. Yeah. Sorry about your luck, babe. <laughs> Horses are bad people, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think we learned that from Family Guy. Anyways, so the job report, yeah, uh, unemployment was 5.1, now it's 4.8, but that doesn't paint 
necessarily a great picture if you are not familiar with how unemployment rates are handled uh, it only counts people that are actually out there looking for work yeah and it would appear that there's not necessarily the uh, amount of people out there looking for work that there should be yeah. and we're going to cover that I think in a little more detail in the next segment so stick around for that because it's a little frightening <clears throat> but what I found interesting when looking at this and digging a little deeper is that and you know everybody's trying to put a good spin on it and whatnot because that's what happens but where there there it is the headline number it says was hurt by 123,000 decline in government payrolls. If you dig a little deeper, specifically, this is in the education sector. So going into September when school payrolls generally increase, they hire more people, they aren't hiring them. No. So that's a problem. So we're going to dig into that a little bit deeper too. The third article I believe that I pull up has a little bit more data on that. Leisure and hospitality had the largest gain, 74,000 positions. But even that, it's, it was interesting because everybody's saying that we're still in a pandemic and things like that, but it seems like people want to go out and do things. Yeah. Well, at the same time, complaining that we're in a pandemic, so we can't operate as normal but that sector has the biggest gain. Well, they were talking about, and we talked about it in a previous podcast, but how we were uniquely positioned to be able to um, help companies like Delta and everything. So if people are starting to fly, that means they're obviously going places. Yeah. No, they are going places. They just... You don't get on a plane just to get back on a plane and come home, generally. No. That's another podcast, though. The 10-step journey. Look for it. We'll do it sometime. Um, no, no, you're totally right. But it's really interesting, isn't it, that people want to get out there and fly and do things, but they don't want to work. So where the hell is the money coming from? Yeah. That's frightening. Again, at some point, house of cards, I think. But to get uh, to get back to this here a second, just scanning down through the article again, uh, this is interesting. Unemployment for blacks fell to 7.9 from 8.8, .8, .8, largely due to a drop to 66% from 66.7% in labor force participation rate for males. So two-thirds, how I read that is that two-thirds, or only two-thirds of the population of adult black males is actually working. That was how I read it, too. Yeah. A third of them are not working. That is interesting. All sorts of interesting stuff. So another article that they had up. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Restaurant wages tick higher, but the in industry's labor crunch remains. So this is, I got a kick out of this one. You know how I don't want to get political, but you can't. You can't ignore it it's out there like we don't all of a sudden we're using terms like birthing people and stuff like that mm -hmm. so this article starts out by referencing eating and drinking places instead of just saying restaurants didn't we used to call those restaurants and bars yeah yeah hey why are we playing with language i don't know just 
say what it is. Restaurants and bars. They saw 29,000 new jobs in September. So that was interesting. But then the article goes on to say that for the first time, wages for restaurant workers have officially surpassed the $15 an hour mark on average, That's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Hourly pay for regional, regional and hospitality, that leisure and hospitality, that area that grew that I'm not sure why it's growing right now, uh, rose to just under $19 an hour. So that's interesting. Uh, they were talking about the Penn Station East Coast subs. It is a chain. 30% of, or rather all of their restaurants are averaging 30% understaffed. That's significant. Well, it's interesting because here we are saying that restaurant wages are like the highest that they've ever been but yet they still can't pull in workers. And no, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to seem to work. Again, I think we'll address that a little more in segment two, but it's interesting to me. And you know, they're talking about, there's a Starbucks in Buffalo that's seeking to unionize Union. yeah, because they're all stressed out because making coffee is hard, I guess, I don't know. Olive Garden and its parent company Darden is testing artificial intelligence to forecast customer traffic so they can take the staffing that they have and better apply it. Well, Olive Garden and Darden already um, use a lot of computing because you can put in your order and all that stuff right from the table. You don't even need a waitress. That's true. You do not need a server anymore. They'll you, just... you can pay, like there's a place to swipe your card and everything. Yep. I don't know if that's in all locations, but... They're going to get Rosie, that robot from the Jetsons. Yeah. And she's going to be serving. But she could be fun, though, because she had sass. She did. Yeah. She kept George in line. Mm -hmm. So that could be cool. And McDonald's in Chicago is testing automated drive throughs now. Oh, that's interesting. So I assume you just, like, pull up and then just pay right there and then go to the window and Rosie hands you your food, I guess. Well, and again, <clears throat> talking about technology and computing in the actual restaurant itself... Um, don't, aren't there a lot of McDonald's that, I mean, I don't frequent McDonald's, but don't they have, um, like iPad kiosks where you don't even have to go up and like order from a person? They do. The last time you had Big Mac fever, uh, I went to get you that <laughs> Big Mac and satisfy that fever. And I actually paid through one of those kiosks. Oh, did you? And uh, well, I did so because their front counter staff, their staff of one, they only mm -hmm. had one person there, uh, was actually too busy talking with the dude making fries to acknowledge my presence. Oh. So I just ended up walking over to the kiosk and paying there, which, um, you know, was easy enough, but you had just removed the registers at that point then. Why are you paying her to talk to the fry guy? Yeah. I don't know. Weird, weird world. <laughs> Everything's such a dumpster fire right now. I don't know of a better way to put it. So other article that I found interesting, again, from CNBC, they were just a plethora of fun information today. This is a chart of where all of the jobs grew. Now, we're in September, so we're getting ready to ramp up for the Christmas season. We should expect to see gains in things like retail, yeah. manufacturing, transportation, um, you know, Things like that. The wholesale trade, perhaps, this stuff is moving around. Yeah. Yeah. So 
again, the biggest gainer was, and again, if you're on the video side, you're able to see this for those of you visually challenged, listen to my beautiful voice. Leisure and hospitality gained the 74,000, they were the biggest gainer. Professional and business services gained 60,000. That is a very weirdly defined category. And I've did a little digging to try to figure out what falls into it. And it's basically like white collar people that you can't categorize anyplace else. Okay. So random went up 60,000. Okay. We'll just call it random. Random. So the retail trade, only went up 56,000. You would expect that to really be ramping up right now, but it That number didn't. should have been like, it quadrupled anyway. Oh yeah, no, you should have added like 200,000 at least at this point, because you gotta get these people onboarded and trained and ready to go for the selling season. Well, this week already <clears throat> we walked into Lowe's and they had Christmas trees up, so oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't, we don't even wait until Halloween to put out Christmas decorations anymore, so that means they should definitely be starting to train their staff. Well, that's just it. They got the trees up, but there's not anybody out there to help you if you need to if get one. If you need one. one, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, just a little bit of background. Beth and I have an incredibly strong retail background. So this is an area decades where, yeah, combined. decades worth. So this is an area where we look at it and we know if something's broken. Yeah. Uh, if this is broken, there should be a lot more hiring that's going on at this point in the game. It's October now. They should have been ramping people up in September because you start training them in October to get them ready to go. So. And the average consumer should be very concerned about that because unless you're buying everything online, that means anytime you go into a store to try to buy something, you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh, we're already waiting. I you know, know, but it's going to get worse. What do we say in one of the previous episodes where we're talking about like a half an hour wait just to check out and meanwhile our meanwhile our ice cream is melting through the bottom of our cart and yeah meats rotting and you know babies are screaming around us because they want to just go home mm -hmm. yeah it's good times so uh transportation and warehousing this is getting the goods to the stores that only added forty-seven thousand. now we'll talk about this probably a little more as well uh, in segment two, but there is a big problem getting goods where they need to go. So yeah. that sector needs people. It can't get them. Yeah. Um, even if there's enough people <clears throat> in the retail establishments, if there is not product to sell to the customer, it does not matter. Yep. Manufacturing only added 26,000 that yeah, I got mixed feelings on that number because uh, mixed feelings only because we don't hardly make anything here anymore. Yeah. It's all coming from overseas. Well, so that get, number should be higher regardless. But. Yeah, that number should still be spiking, but I don't expect it to necessarily be near the top. Not the way we're currently structured. If we, you know, finally start bringing some of this stuff home again, then that'll make a difference. Uh, the wholesale trades only added uh, 16,000. That's a problem. And not what we're really talking about, but still interesting. Healthcare only added 12,000. But yet we're hearing so much about the damage that the unknown virus of unspecified origin is doing to things like emergency rooms and yeah. you can't get help. And there was even a story the other day about how, how the Prez called a hospital to try to get preferential treatment for a friend of his because they were waiting too long. There's just, you know, well, we've seen, I mean, in one of the previous episodes, we talked about the fact that I have migraines 
but we've seen since everything has changed the past, you know, almost two years now, how much everything is different, even in a specialist office. And you would think that specialists would be more immune to those type of changes because it's not an ER type situation, but there've been definite gaps in the amount of employees that we've seen. Oh yeah. No, it's just, it's not well staffed at all. Um, one of the insights that we actually got from a worker at one of the places that we have to go for your treatments and that worker shall remain unnamed, uh, they, they claimed that a lot of what you hear um, about problems in the, in the medical facilities is actually just a staffing issue yeah. more than a patient influx issue. So, but in the jobs report would seem to, to bear that out, you know, there's not, there's just not enough people. Well, and haven't some of the hospitals also eliminated people um, because of their inability to play along and get the vaccine? Yeah. So again, that's where some of the movement was. It's not nearly as high as it should have been. And then the government, you see again on the video side, this big bar going left when it should go right of 123,000. And most of that again, traces back to school employment and a claim that the shortfall may be related to recent reports of difficulty hiring certain positions such as bus driver, food service workers, sub teachers, uh, often lower wage part-time positions filled by many older workers who may be concerned about infection. There's a whole lot of mites and maybes in that. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's the other scary thing in my mind, which may kind of put a button on all of this. There is clearly not enough progress being made on filling jobs. Again, the hope was that they would have, you know, put 500,000 more people to work and it wasn't even close. Yeah, it wasn't even half. No, it was not even half, more like a quarter. And... <sighs> something as important as a rough, you know, in theory as important as school they can't they can't fill these jobs yeah so was i sleeping and did the rapture come i mean did did like people just get lifted off the planet because yeah. you know we've got all of these positions that were filled just fine now, we definitely have lost people to COVID, but we did not lose enough that suddenly we can't cover these jobs. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I'm at a loss for words, which probably isn't a good thing on a podcast, <laughs> but, but it just, it, 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 I'm dumbfounded. I'm really dumbfounded that we have these positions that we need to fill. We have an economy that needs to get moving and at every turn, they can't get enough people to get this done. Well, and the wages are higher than they've ever been in a lot of these industries, too, and they still can't get people. Yes, the wages are higher. They're throwing benefits at them to try and get them in, like when we were talking about Lamar's uh, in a previous episode. It's a donut place that they're, like, throwing bonuses at people for referrals and bonuses at people if they stay long enough and all this kind of stuff, and still... They can't get it done. Some big and, companies are even trying to um, incentivize with um, childcare. Yeah, 
Yeah, it survives that. But then it feels like we don't have a handle on the why either, because that, this is the other thing. As I just read that thing, all the mites and maybes and mays that were in that statement, it might be caused by this, it may be caused by that. Well, as we've talked about in other areas, if you don't have a handle on what's going on for whatever it is that you're supposed to have a handle on, then what are you even doing? Yeah. You know, so if the people who are running the show can't even wrap their brain around the why, well, then how do you and I make any sense of it even? I mean, maybe we can make more sense of it than they do. I don't know. Because we're actually at least trying right now to apply our experience and go, this is what should be happening. It's not happening. You know, let's figure this out. They're just like, well, it could be this, it could be that. No, you gotta, somebody's gotta dig deeper and figure out what it's gonna take to get people working again. Because again, I'm pretty sure I didn't sleep through the rapture. There should be, should be enough bodies here to get this done. Yeah. But, but we can't. So, we have more to say on this matter. We're going to shift slightly and kind of talk about uh, what's going on with product supply and shipping. Because in case you haven't noticed, if you haven't been to the store lately, the shelves are starting to empty out, which isn't exactly what we're looking for. So we think that's the next place to go with this discussion. Hang tight, enjoy this lovely music, and we will be right back. Ghost lights, camera action when I step into the limelight. Easily adapted to the high life. Dressed to impress like it's prime night. And when you live in top shelf, you know you gotta set the bar high. Had the same dreams since we was kids. Big tips, big cars, and even bigger cribs. Never thought that it would happen just the way it did. Fast forward that now, it's just the way we live. That's good food and drinks. My mood makes you think that this life's made for a king. The room starts to shake, so smooth if you blink, you might just miss the whole thing. It's just a different way to move in the Featuring the finest hits, all played commercial-free. This is the Soul of Wisdom. You can find us at soulwisdom.com. Questions at Soul Wisdom. Follow us on Twitter at Soul Wisdom. If you want to be on the program today, the number to call is two. Call us at two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right now somebody's actually hitting two on their phone and it's like a speed dial and all of a sudden they're getting Aunt Agnes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not Aunt Agnes. Sorry. No. Don't dial two. Okay. So we talked about the jobs report in the last segment and how absolutely broken that all was. And now I want to pull up an article from the Atlantic. And it's going to kind of inform the conversation that we will be having here in segment two. So I'm going to read a little bit to you, dear listeners. This article from The Atlantic is entitled, or titled rather, uh, kind of entitled. The Atlantic probably thinks it's entitled. America is running out of everything. Isn't that the truth? It is. Unfortunately. It says the global supply chain is slowing down at the very moment when Americans are demanding that it go into overdrive. Author writes, is it just me or does it feel like America's running out of everything? I visited CVS last week to pick up some at-home COVID-19 tests. They've been sold out for a week, an employee told me, so I asked about paper towels. Where out of those two, he said, try Walgreens. I drove to Walgreens. They had paper towel. 
but when I asked a pharmacist to fill some common prescriptions, they told me they'd run out. Try the Target up the road. Target's pharmacy had the meds, but its front area was alarmingly barren, like a canned food section of a grocery store one hour before a hurricane makes landfall. This, this is the new economy. One-hour errands are now multi-hour odysseys. Next-day deliveries are becoming day-after-next deliveries. That car part you need, it'll take a week. That book you're looking for, come back in November. The baby crib you bought, make it December. Eyeing a new home improvement that requires several construction workers, pray for 2022. Ain't that the truth? The U.S. economy isn't experiencing a downturn akin to the 1970s period of stagflation. This is something different and quite strange. Americans are settling into a new phase of the pandemic economy in which the GDP is growing, but we're also suffering from a dearth of a shocking array of things. Test kits, car parts, semiconductors, ships, shipping containers, workers. This is the everything shortage. The everything shortage is not the result of one big bottleneck in say Vietnamese factories or American trucking industry. We are running low on supplies of all kinds due to a veritable hydra of bottlenecks. The coronavirus pandemic has snarled global supply chains in several ways. Pandemic checks sent hundreds of billions of dollars to cabin-fevered Americans during a fallow period in the service sector. A lot of that cash has flowed into hard goods, especially home goods such as furniture and home improvement materials. Many of these materials have been imported from or travel through East Asia, but that region is dealing with the Delta variant, which is considerably, they say, is considerably more deadly than previous iterations of the virus. I'm not going to argue that. I just don't agree. Delta has caused several shutdowns at semiconductor factories across Asia, just as demand for cars and electronics has started to pick up. As a result, these stop a long supply chain these stops along the supply chain are slowing down at the very moment when Americans are demanding that they go into overdrive. The article goes on to talk about other things, like the fact that off of the left coast where we live, there is a line of ships just waiting to be unloaded. And I had read in a different article that they'll wait in that line for as long as two weeks. A reserve, reserving a container to ship in that would hold 35,000 books, let's say the article cites, would cost you 2,500. Now it's costing 25,000 because you can't get them. How do you raise the prices in books when all the prices are already printed on the book, by the way? It's a good uh, question. Very carefully. You very gently place a, a sticker, sticker just so to make sure that it's covered up. And I, I guess that's, that's how you do it. I don't know. Um, Interestingly, another thing they talk about is we have containers that are coming from Asia into the United States and they're coming in full, these big shipping containers on these ships, but they're taking like two weeks to get unloaded. But we're sending containers back to Asia partially full or even empty because we can't get the stuff that we want to send onto those containers fast enough. So that is creating its own problems here. We're not getting our stuff out and that just becomes a total waste of money if you're not using that space in that container. Yeah. So that becomes and a problem. And then it's just sitting around in a warehouse. Exactly. Article goes on to say the Minnesota Trucking Association estimates that the country has a shortage of 60,000 drivers. 
That's a lot. Which kind of speaks to what we were just saying about how we can't get our goods to these shipping containers because that's all bottlenecked. So that's all sitting around. There's problems at ports. There's problems with railroads. There's problems with trucking. There's problems with staffing. You know, the article talks about how people are being more picky with the kind of jobs that they will take because they kind of learned through sitting at home for a while that, huh, maybe I don't want to keep doing what I was doing. Maybe I want to do something else. So now everybody's getting picky. USPS is a problem. They are reducing their air transportation. We were already aware of this because shipping is a very big thing of what we do, but they're no longer guaranteeing priority deliveries. It used to be they would say like it's a two-day delivery or three-day delivery. They don't even put an estimate on it anymore. It'll get there when it gets there. Uh, we actually had a, a customer who needed to email us some, or not email, they should have, just mail us some stuff because we needed actual physical copies of some data. And that letter took six weeks to arrive in our mailbox. And they were in like the middle of the country. So it didn't like have to go far, but took six weeks. So that's a problem. They're not moving goods for us. They talk in this article with toy maker MGA Entertainment, who says, I've been doing this for 43 years and I've never seen it this bad. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong all at the same time. Boy, oh boy, my, oh my. So we have, as we established in the first segment, a problem with jobs. We don't have enough people willing to work. So if we don't have enough people willing to work, what's happening? We have all these goods that we need to bring into the United States because we don't make enough of our own stuff anymore. But even the stuff we are making isn't getting where it needs to go. Yeah. Well, just to keep it on the stuff we're importing for a moment, though, because you make a good point and I want to go there, too. But just to finish that up, you've got these shipping, these ships full of shipping containers just sitting off the coast that can't get unloaded because they don't have enough people to unload them. They can't process them fast enough. Yeah. It used to be a ship would pull up and it would get unloaded and the goal was zero delay. Yeah. Zero delay is hell and gone from two week delay. Yeah. And you got to pay these people while they're sitting on the ship too. You know, the, the sailors who are on these ships, it's not like they're just going to sit there for no pay. Yeah. It's still their time that's being used, even if they're not doing anything other than making sure the ship doesn't, you know, run aground or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a waste. And then we turn around because we can't get our goods and we send out these empty shipping containers. That's a waste. Everything's a waste because people don't apparently want to go do the job. So... And then to go back to what you were saying, you know, domestically with our own things, we don't have enough truck drivers to move things. USPS, which is, I've used this phrase enough today, but I'm using it again, a dumpster fire. They are poorly budgeted, poorly managed, poorly everything, and they can't get it together to run a cost-effective operation. So they're making cutbacks and good luck if you're trying to ship anything through them 
so you say we'll go to USPS or FedEx, uh, they're not always a whole lot better. And honestly, it feels like the packages that we try to move and that we get through USPS and FedEx tend to be more damaged. Yes. So that's no good because they just throw stuff around like it's a ball or something. You know, they, they probably play soccer with it. I don't know. Yeah. But so you've, you've got this this issue of movement and not only does that keep you from filling shelves at your stores but frankly it's also going to cause problems in goods that are perishable you know i had read a article a while back and i'm going to paraphrase it and i can't quote the exact article because i don't remember where i heard it from but they were talking about uh, cattle and the need to move them through processing so that we can have the meat in the market. Mm -hmm. And they are so far behind, again, because of labor issues, that if you are an independent farmer or just somebody who owns a few cows and you want to go ahead and take one of your cows to be processed for meat just for your family, the wait is almost nine months now. That's insane. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta make this appointment ahead of time just, just to take Bessie to turn her into meat, unless you have the skill yourself, which, you know, most people don't anymore. My father was a meat cutter and that's like a dying thing now. It's also automated. So, you know, this is unfortunately just an absolute disaster because if you if you can't move goods through the system, if you create these bottlenecks, everything backs up and just gets worse and worse and worse behind wherever that bottleneck is. Things go bad, things go stale, things aren't good anymore, or you get to the point where it's just out of season and it's not needed. You well, know, how much of the stuff on these shipping containers, for example, is let's like let's say holiday decorations like Christmas trees. Yeah. Okay. But by the time they get here, at the rate we're going, it's gonna be like March. Yeah. Are we going to do Christmas in March? Do we just delay it? Is that the answer? Maybe. Just push it back. Let's just let's just call this next like four months. We'll call it we'll call it Thursday. It'll be just a big long Thursday. Yeah. Or maybe Wednesday and it'll be like this huge hump day that everybody hates. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know exactly how this gets worked through without some kind of major damage and major loss. That's my concern. Or um, major reform, at least. Well, there's going to have to be major reform, yeah, but I think there's going to be damage that's very bad before we get there. If you want a visual for this, if you've ever seen the um, movie Hancock, at the beginning, the Will Smith character, the broken superhero, this dude's about to get struck by a train, right? So, you know, Hancock, like, uses his powers to stop this train, and he stops it dead in his tracks, and the entire train behind that lead car just piles up into this big rubble, and things go flying everywhere and everything else. So the dude's life is saved, but there's, like, millions upon millions of dollars in damage, and the entire area is just destroyed. That's yeah. kind of what this is. Yeah. You know? They, they put the brakes on everything 
back when the unspecified virus of unknown origin came to us and then it created all of this backup that just comes crashing if you're going to have this kind of global economy if you're going to rely on this movement of goods not only just across the country but across the planet if you just suddenly stop that it's not just as easy as starting it back up again no you know as we can see right now no it just it doesn't work but you know as, as the article was pointing out it, it, the result of this is an everything shortage you know we go we've used this example before but it's so true for everybody which is why I like using it we go to the grocery store and it's a crapshoot every week as to exactly what's going to be there at this point yeah you know we we go there with kind of a list but luckily we're really good at cooking and stuff so we can kind of adapt and make changes and whatnot but um, you just never know what you're gonna see yeah you know and they can put stuff in an ad but you know that's a crapshoot for them too because they just don't know if they're gonna actually have the product when it comes time for that ad to be active well the cereal aisle we walked by in the grocery store the last time we were there and that was just decimated oh yeah yeah no it's uh you know the only thing left was the things that nobody wanted or the things that were really high priced to begin with yeah that was the latin yeah you know, the, the main... tiny little boxes that are like 5.99 yeah the mainstream product though it's just it's All gone. gone it's absolutely gone and prices are are up so you're paying more when you can find it but this isn't a, a section where I can necessarily say I've got an answer for how to fix it because I don't I don't know how to get it fixed per se other than to get people working again but unfortunately I think to a large extent um, our friends at the federal government when all of this uh, pandemic stuff started going down you know, I get the, there's a lot of me that gets the concept of we didn't know what we were dealing with, so let's just kind of chill on stuff and and the whole, you know, 14 days to slow the spread. Um, but it was, it was devastating because as soon as that started, we started throwing money at people. We started shutting down businesses, sometimes arbitrarily it seemed. We started putting in all these controls, all these restrictions that took away people's movement, people's ability to spend properly. But then at the same time, we keep throwing the money, which I think trains people to consider whether or not they even want to work. The, the thing with most humans, unfortunately, is that if there is an easier way to get through something, you're more apt to pick that easier way. I'll interject real quick and say it's also, we've talked about this before and other things, but it's a momentum thing. Whatever you're doing begets more of it. So yes. if you are actively working and you are in a good mood and you enjoy your job, you're going to want to do that job more. If you're sitting on the couch watching Netflix and whatnot for the past year and a half, you're going to want to keep doing that because that's what you've been doing for a year and a half. That it's, is a it's not more complicated than that than that I think that's a big part of the problem that is a very good point producer wife and you're right we do talk about that and and that's true in all aspects of life anything you do business personal interpersonal any of it the good begets more good bad begets more bad your momentum point very very well put uh, but we have 
I mean, they just shut it all down, started throwing money at people, and it created this kind of bad momentum. And I think now, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are kind of questioning everything. Well, why should I work? Well, why do I want to work? That's something that I struggle to wrap my own brain around because I'm a worker. I want to go do things. I want to be productive. It's very much how I'm defined. Uh, but there's a there's a happiness and a inner peace I think that comes from actually doing something. And you know, even economy aside, how healthy it is is it going to be for these people to just not be working? I think they're going to go mentally nuts. Yeah. You know, you've got a well. There's already been large upticks in mental health issues. Yeah, no, it's in true. In the last year and a half, two years. Yeah, that's another good point. So, but it, again, I don't. I don't know what to do about this other than somehow convince people that they need to work. And unfortunately, we've taken away the extended unemployment benefits and everything else now, but it still doesn't feel like anybody's in a real hurry to go work. So I don't know if it just needs to get to a point where people can't feed themselves anymore. You know, their cars start getting repossessed. Uh, they get tossed out of their houses, but you know, even there, there's all sorts of eviction controls and stuff. They're still going on in a lot of areas, so. I don't know, but I guess as long as, as long as we're making it possible for people to find a way to live without working, I don't think this gets better. I agree. So at some point, somebody's got to come along and say enough is enough, and maybe it needs to happen one person at a time. Maybe, dear listener, if you agree with what I'm saying, and you know people that aren't interested in getting out there and participating in the economy, maybe you need to go kick them in the rear end and say, hey, go to work, I'm doing it, you do it too, something like that, I don't know. Again, I don't have all the answers, I wish I did, but I know that this is a problem and I know if we don't figure it out, we are in trouble. But fear not, I guess, because in segment three, we're gonna talk about a way perhaps forward for the small business and the independent kind of people in all of this disaster where they might be able to come out on top. So stay tuned and we will be right back. I'm going in one time, these record labels on in my face, trying to forfeit my race. But still I'm going in one time, no matter the opposition I face, they intrude on my face. I'm about to give them what they want, what they need, what they ask for. Give them what they want, what they need, what they ask for. Give them what they want, what they need, what they ask for. Give them what they want, what they need, what they ask for. This what they tell you hustle for I'm on my gladiator monologues Russell Crowe And honestly I don't see what the fuss is for You let your money blow And all we trying to do is sow it Just so you know Okie dokie Welcome back to the Soul of Wisdom Soulwisdom.com Email us questions at soulwisdom Follow us on Twitter At soulwisdom We don't know what you did during the break But we ate cookies Because we wanted to sweeten ourselves up For this final segment Where I'm hoping to present something that is a little more positive when everything we've talked about is a little more dour and serious and heavy. Uh, I think there's a way forward for people like uh, Beth and I. So if you are like us, you might benefit from this last segment. But before we go there, uh, Beth and I were talking about something which I think might put a nicer bow upon the discussion that we've had thus far. And Bethy, you were talking about the fact that uh, you believe in large part what we have here is a people problem 
uh, kind of a government-created people problem, if I understood you correctly. Yeah, I think, as we said, in the, or as I said in the last segment, that when you're doing something, it begets more of that thing. And in this case, the government created a situation where all of a sudden we were paying everyone to sit at home and do nothing. And in any modern economy, that's something that's never been tried before, and probably for good reason. But we were creating problems by doing that at the time that we didn't even know existed. And what we're seeing now is some of the fruit from the forbidden tree, so to speak, of that situation that we created so long ago. And the people problem in this case is just that, you know, everybody, once you're paid to sit at home and do nothing, why would you ever want to do something different? No, it's very true. I mean, in some aspects, the last year and a half has been really bad for a lot of people and for very many different reasons. But in some regards, a lot of people probably had a lot of fun sitting at home with their families and being paid to do so. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's a good point. And it kind of made me think of something that uh, I've always said too, and I'm sure that you heard me say it back in the day when you worked for me many moons ago before we even started dating. But I always told people that uh, any and all business is a people business. Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's, you know, manufacturing or building or programming or customer service or making jewelry like we do with our Etsy shop, stuff like that. It all revolves around people. Yeah. And if you Even don't... Even if you're digging ditches. Exactly. Ultimately for a neighborhood or, I mean, right now there's a bunch of new home construction going on around us. Yeah. And there's construction workers out there and they're not dealing with the people who are going to live in those homes, but they're making homes for people. Yep. Yeah, people are involved at every step of the way, one way or another. Even if a business is mostly automated, there's still people that are involved in keeping that automation moving, getting that installed, making sure it's working, all of that. Well, yeah, if the program fails, then the automation stops. Somebody has to correct that. Exactly. So... Yeah, I mean, I think you you make a good point. If we've we've got a people problem on so many on so many levels, because if we've re, we've taught them to kind of remove themselves from the equation, well, then if all business is a people business, that that becomes a problem because you don't have the people there to do the business. I think what's scary though also is that the people who are currently in charge right now and um, not even remotely taking sides because I think it's everyone in charge right now, state level, local level, they're all sitting back and going, well, why is this a problem? Why, why do these problems exist? And, you know, even in the jobs report and a couple segments ago that we discussed, there were a lot of mites and maybes and everything else, and they can't just figure out some of the basic problems that are causing these situations. And that's kind of scary when they can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. No, it really is. I don't know. Like I said, that whole subject matter is very down. It's very dour. Uh, but unfortunately, we have to face it. You know, I, I'm i a big believer in truth and things kind of are what they are. And you can't, you can't run away from something. You can't ignore it. At some point, we're going to have to figure this out and deal with it. Uh, or it all comes down like a house of cards. Yeah. But in the meantime, let's lift the mood just a little bit because I have an observation 
the producer wife agrees with me uh, or she's humoring me, one or the other, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but I, I, I honestly think there is going into this holiday season an opportunity based on everything that's going on for people who do things like we do, where we do handmade artwork. We do jewelry, painting, stuff like that. We also have kind of a, a retail business that we run where we're getting things at like wholesale prices and passing them on and our product always changes, but we have, you know, we have some things that people aren't necessarily going to be able to find elsewhere. Yeah. So we are small, we are independent at some point, hopefully soon we'll be independently wealthy. We're working on that, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. So we talked about, you know, businesses not being able to get workers in. And they're struggling with that. They're struggling to get the product on the yes. shelves. We're, we're talking about supply issues. We can't move stuff through the chain, so it's not getting onto the shelves. Well, what that's going to mean here very quickly is as we get deeper and deeper into the holiday season and people want to get stuff to give gifts to celebrate the season, they're going to struggle to find what they want. Yes and the shelves are going to go bare now this isn't you know some kind of reactionary sky is falling kind of situation it's it's the truth at this point and anything you well, read the shelves are already starting to go yeah. bare and we're not even close to the christmas season yeah so. that, that's just it they're already bare and anything that you read anything you see backs that belief and backs that that uh, idea so it's not just uh you know us sounding some kind of alarm bell this is this is going to happen and it's already i think a little too late to stop it but if you are people like us where we have some kind of special handmade product if you are a small shop that runs in some little corner store of a quaint little town where you've got stuff that's brought in on consignment uh if you are uh, some kind of husband and wife team that does catering, for example, for families who do parties and things like that. Anything that is small uh, but has the ability to serve a customer, I think you're going to thrive here in the next three months. I really do. Because, again, what's going to happen is these people are going to go into the larger businesses, the larger establishments to try to get what they want, and they're not going to be able to. Do you think you're going to go to any kind of uh, larger establishment and try to get them to cater something for you? They can't get the workers to do it. Yeah. But, you know, John and Betty, who like to cater things on the weekends from time to time between their other jobs, I think they'll get the work because it's just them doing it and they'll be adaptive to what supplies are available to them at the local markets and stores and they'll find a way to get it done because they're not handcuffed they're not constrained by the the rules and the procedures and the everything else that the bigger companies are going to have custom cakes a big one yeah things like any type of baked goods um i mean we've already seen that within the past year and a half but the that for a while was almost impossible to find if you want if you wanted donuts for example that were actually like baked in the grocery store good luck there was a long period of time where you can find any of that but that creates a very good opportunity for any type of small business that does baking exactly obviously. 
Exactly. You know, um, you know, to tie it in kind of to what we do again, we make jewelry, you know, you might not be able to find that, uh, that brand new dress that your wife wanted or that brand new whatever purse or yeah, yeah. but you know what uh you can go to people like us and you can find something that's real cool that's handmade and probably has more meaning and that's your gift yeah so i think that as long I, as you order it soon enough the, the post office has time to deliver it well that's gonna be that's gonna be the trick to be sure uh, I mean, the, like, there's still going to be challenges, but I guess my point is, is that I feel like people who are smaller, who are more agile and can adapt better to what's available to them, have the ability going into the season to make bank. Yes. I really do. If you're willing to get out there and work for it, it's not going to come to you. So if you own some kind of a business, you've got to get out there and hoof it. You've got to go out there and push you got to market yourself be emailing your customer base be advertising be going door to door with flyers whatever it is you need to do to get your name out there but i think if you do i think it will benefit you right now uh, because again the the larger companies uh they just they don't have the goods and they're too big to to adapt yeah i use this analogy with our son i forget what we were talking about the other day but I asked him, which is easier to turn as it's going towards the iceberg, the Titanic or a small speedboat? Yeah. You know, uh, well, we know the answer to that because one of them's lying at the bottom of the Atlantic. Yes. You know, if you are so big, you can't make changes real fast. But for us, for example, if for some reason we can't get some kind of colors or something that we put into our resin for our jewelry, we'll just go get other colors. Yeah. whatever or we'll start working more with wood or... we've been creative and creating our own colors too yeah yeah we'll mix we don't care we we we're nimble we can adapt so if again i i think for every door that closes another one opens as they say and this might be a door that's opening for uh, again, smaller, more nimble establishments like what we do, like what men, so many of you who are listening probably do. So if you're in that position, I would keep your head held high and know that there's a chance for you to, to really do something. And if you aren't in a position where you're working in a, a place where you're, you're small and you're nimble, uh, but you have some kind of skills, I would look at trying to find ways to take advantage of those now uh, do something independent do something on your own if you are at all an artist we actually have a teachable uh, that you can find at soulwisdom.com that can help you build out the business side of the art that you do for example so you know there's an opportunity here i really believe that and that is perhaps the silver lining those who are small and nimble are going to be able to maneuver through this and figure out ways to make things work. If where you are, the, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, no, it's okay. I was I, going to say where the bigger corporations are going to struggle, but go. I was just going to say, if you are by chance one of those people um, who is dragging their feet and not wanting to get back into the regular sector and go back to a nine to five or go back to the restaurant industry or what, what have you, and you don't want to do um, a traditional gig type job where you're you know, working Uber or something like that, this might be an opportunity for you to try something like what we've been discussing, whether it's art or just any type of small 
handmade item or something like that maybe that is your niche and maybe you can make that work for you yeah we certainly did i mean we spent you know years upon years out in corporate america until we finally decided enough and decided to go it on our own and you know this is the most fun we've ever had i think oh by far yes. so you know we we make our money doing what we love and having fun doing it so you know there might be an opportunity there to her point you know to to try something new but nothing's going to be handed to you no matter what and well you can say well dan the government's handing money to people yeah well that's going to either stop or if it continues that money's going to be worthless and uh you're not going to get what you want with it so either way there's nothing that comes for free there's nothing that comes easy uh but i truly believe that those of us who are nimble will thrive and survive through this those are my thoughts so we can end on a little bit of a positive note on what was probably otherwise a somewhat dreary episode but again we have to speak the truth we have to talk about these things if we don't know the problems and we don't face them then we will never win and we like winners here don't we we do and if you have any questions about anything we've talked about or heck even if you have questions about the fact that we talked about having a teachable let us know yeah questions at soulwisdom.com find us online at soulwisdom.com send us a tweet at soulwisdom send out a smoke signal whatever it takes carrier pigeon carrier pigeon instead of the twitter bird yeah i don't hire a truck driver though they're hard enough to find they need to move goods not messages to us yeah i think we'll leave it on that note thanks for listening we'll be back with you again soon until next time be happy we'll talk to you soon bye